0: Storm and a cold front that brought temperatures in the low 50s. Thinking we'd not be spending much time indoors, Greg had booked a dumpy little hotel room, but we couldn't get out much since we only brought warm weather clothes. We mostly watched movies and ate leftover pizza. The ambiance, or lack thereof, exhaustion and disappointment eventually got the best of me. I don't remember what was said, only how we said it. Greg and I had our first major fight before we even returned from our honeymoon. I couldn't believe that he had failed to check the weather before we came, and that he hadn't even consulted with me about how I envisioned spending our honeymoon. He, on the other hand, couldn't believe that I was insensitive enough to get so angry with him when all he had wanted was to surprise and delight me. Of course, I wasn't going to let one little argument ruin the marriage— Greg was a committed Christian and a leader in the youth group, which inspired me to begin working with youth as well. He was fun and adventurous, and he took me on several group trips to go skiing, backpacking, and scuba diving. He was intelligent and financially stable, a graduate of Southern Methodist University, and a certified public accountant. He was extremely laid back and had such a reputation of being a nice guy that no one ever got mad at him. No one, that is, except me. Seven years and two children later, I was constantly badgering Greg for not initiating romance anymore, for being too laid back. I had a long list of complaints. He never called me up for a date or offered to take me out to dinner. He didn't send cards or bring me flowers. I was weary of having to hint around for my emotional needs to be met and felt it didn't count if he didn't come up with the idea of how to do it himself. I was sick and tired of always picking up Legos and Tinker Toys, wiping children's noses and behinds, cleaning goldfish and Cheerios out of the minivan seats, and feeling as if there had to be more to life. With each passing day, I slipped deeper into depression. In hindsight, I realized that my unhappiness wasn't about what my husband was or wasn't doing. Rather, it was about how I felt about myself. I needed Greg to affirm me, to make me feel beautiful and to convince me that I was desirable because I didn't know how to feel any of these things on my own. But at the time, I felt sure that he was to blame. I'm not the first or only wife to feel this way. In fact, I've heard from many women who feel deep dissatisfaction with their husbands and their marriages. Stories of discontent. Married 14 years, Ramona thought she had wed Mr. Wright but feelings of fear, bitterness, and rejection surfaced as she and her husband struggled to understand each other. He is rarely home, leaving her to raise four young children on her own much of the time. There's been little romance or time for one another. He's consumed with his job and their financial status, and she is consumed with the kids and her work, which she admits is really just an outlet to get her emotional needs met by others. Their church obligations and kids' sports and extracurricular activities also take up an enormous amount of time and energy. Feeling overwhelmed by the lack of joy and passion in their relationship, Ramona says, My husband seems unable to express how much I mean to him, and says it's because of the way he was raised, and that men aren't good at that stuff. I felt lonely, cheated, and empty, and when other men begin to compliment me, I feel I am falling for them, hook, line, and sinker. I've been guilty of emotional affairs, but feel that God wants me to be strong and stay in this marriage. I've tried to romance my husband and captivate him, but it always seems we're worlds apart. I'm tired of trying to be supermom, wife, and spiritual leader in this family. When is he going to step up to the plate and take over? Of course, disillusionment can set in, even before you become overwhelmed with raising children. After only one year of marriage, it's clear that Claire's reality isn't measuring up to her expectations. She laments, We're usually either fighting or not talking much at all. The word divorce isn't in our vocabularies, but I frequently have thoughts about what my life could be like after my husband dies. I have a mental list of men I would date. It's pretty long. They have all met different needs at different times. Then I think of how wonderful it would be to be single again. I'd be better off without his college debt and dirty socks, but I married him for a reason. What was it? Ironically, Claire also recalls that she was miserable as a single woman and thought that getting married would solve all of her problems. As her situation illustrates, getting rid of your single status only exchanges one set of problems for another more complex set of problems.